This is the MS Show, the podcast for people with multiple sclerosis and their families who want information and inspiration. I'm Bron Webster. I've been living with MS for over 20 years. I'll be sharing with you tips, stories and ways to keep going with MS. Today I'm going to tell my story. I'm not going to apologise for the fact that my voice, well it's not in in a great place at the minute, but I think once I get to the end you'll probably hear that my voice might change um and that might be due to what I'm talking about so um anyway here we go let me tell you my story so I'm Bron I was born in the 70s way back when in Barnsley and Barnsley's in Yorkshire both my parents worked as teachers and I've also got a younger brother and sister my family all still live in Barnsley I moved away from Barnsley about 20 years ago I was always, always a career girl. I worked in financial services. And that's what I did from the age of 19. I'd got absolutely no interest in settling down or starting a family. I used to burn the candle at both ends. So I lived pretty large back in the day. When I was in my mid-twenties, I had a few episodes of stumbling and numbness in my um, arms and legs and my ribs at the back and then a temporary vision loss in one eye. Shortly after all of this I went for brain scans and got a diagnosis of multiple sclerosis and that's a chronic illness that affects over 110,000 people in the UK and for which there's no cure at present. It is a terminal illness and its path is totally different for every person. It is known as a snowflake disease being, you know, every year every snowflake's different and that's very much what life with MS is. So I can't ever think this is going to happen to me, that's going to happen to me. I was young. I was at the start of a good career. I was invincible. I worked out regularly what chronic illness I told myself. What I didn't know at the time was that my dad had also been living with a diagnosis of MS for around 20 years. How did the diagnosis affect my life? Well, looking back, I can see that, yes, I was in denial at the beginning. I was young, I was becoming successful. I was invincible, I was physically fit. I didn't make any changes and I didn't tell anyone apart from my family. There was nothing to tell, there was nothing to see, an invisible condition. But as time went by, I can see now that I did start to make allowances for my unknown pretty much immediately. The event that I can remember most clearly is when a promotion opportunity came up at work and it was at a time that was really close to my diagnosis and I've really lost my train of thought but that's life with MS so we'll carry on as normal. Oh that's right okay so my diagnosis wasn't common knowledge at all certainly nobody at work knew 
and a promotion could have been a great opportunity for me. It really could. I thought long and hard and I drew up a table that had pros down one side, cons down the other. I didn't apply for the promotion. Why? I guess I was feeling insecure about leaving behind the support of my family and moving 250 miles up into Scotland to work even harder. And I guess looking back, that's when I first made a decision based on the diagnosis, based on the illness. Anyway, once I'd experienced a few episodes of illness with MS, so they're the relapses uh, that come and go, so you get poorly, hopefully you get better. I did eventually feel a little bit more in control of my life and eventually I felt confident enough to move away from my home for a promotion. So I moved to the Midlands and I was working on the launch of a new bank. When I took the leap to move away, I also started studying for my Masters in Business Administration. So, you know, we'll not just move, we'll do an MBA at the same time in addition to working full-time. And I got this long-standing goal to get a degree by the time I was 30 because I I finished after sixth form. I never went to university. So I didn't have a degree, but I did some extra work, managed to get taken on, and I got a master's degree. So yes, ticked my achievements by the time I'm 30 box. I remember the stress of my final dissertation my international assignments to Vietnam, followed by the exam. In fact, I don't really remember the exam, but I do remember the words on the page rotating and it was the weirdest experience that I've ever I've ever had with my MS visual problems. I found out the only way to really address this rotating page rotating letters on the page and I don't nothing like what I hear people that are dyslexic talking about it was the whole page that was twisting and then I'd close my eyes and it would twist again anyway I was wearing an eye patch and that enabled me to get through the exam I asked for a little bit of extra time but I got through the MBA but I've got a little bit of you know there's a bit of amusement always And I always try to find things that I can hold on to. And it's not the only time I've ever worn an eye patch. I remember living up north and I had to wear an eye patch because of vision loss, I think it was. And I was in a city centre. I was in Sheffield, actually. And a young boy must have been, well, it was preschool because it was the middle of the day. And he pointed at me while I was trying to walk. I said, look, mummy, a pirate. And I looked at the mum and the mum looked so, so embarrassed. And I felt so sorry for her. Do you know what? I really didn't care. And it was more important that I could walk safely through the centre of Sheffield. Yeah, the joys of having an invisible illness. But I was determined and I carried on. So when I moved and when I lived in the Midlands, launching this new bank, I met my husband there. I told him about my MS on our first days. I mean, what a great man. He didn't mind. In fact, nowadays, I wonder if he knew what he was letting himself in for. 
but he does most of my caring and looking after our daughter in the house. It was the relapse that happened three months after giving birth that started the move towards accepting my diagnosis. Up until then, I think I'd been in denial and that's that's really common that that should happen. So I started to realise that I didn't know what the future held. I should seize every opportunity because I could lose the ability to hold my daughter because when she was three months old, I couldn't hold her, I couldn't dress her, I couldn't bath her. It was the acceptance that I might not be able to get up and down stairs because when she was three months old, I certainly couldn't get up and down stairs. And the acceptance that I might lose the ability to be able to walk because I encountered huge difficulty with walking. I had to be able to face the momentous fatigue from MS, coupled with new mummy sleeplessness fatigue. It was tough. So those early years of being a new mum, 130 miles away from family support, with my husband working long hours and holding down a really successful career, I'd spent a huge amount of time navel-gazing and battling undiagnosed postnatal depression spent a lot of time battling MS relapses. I left my career when my daughter was almost five to focus on my health and focus on my family. But you might know or be able to imagine how when you're focusing on a family member, you often neglect yourself. Cue my next big battle. When my daughter was young. I'd been visiting my doctor on a number of occasions and it was always due to sore throats and feeling generally rubbish. Of course, the feeling rubbish, that's related to MS. But eventually I got some clear headspace time, enough to ask for a private referral. Long story short, I went to surgery to remove a lump under my jaw on the 2nd of January 2014, a date that's imprinted on my memory. Eight hours of extensional facial and neck surgery, only to be told 10 days later I'd got a rare cancer of the salivary glands. Now there's no common treatment pathway. I'd travelled to specialists 150 miles away for second opinions and eventually decided no further surgery. That would be a needle in a haystack looking for any malignant cells that were left. Instead, six weeks of daily radiotherapy to my head and neck. Wow, what an emotional slump. So during this radiotherapy six weeks, I encountered another MS relapse. I got double vision. Then shortly after the radiotherapy finished, I suffered my biggest MS relapse to date. My entire left side stopped working. My daughter was six going on seven at this point. And I was doing the school run, unable to get from my car to the school gates. I couldn't stand without holding on to something. I couldn't walk without holding on to something. The fatigue alone would have crippled me but I was actually properly disabled. Physically, you could see it. MS, childbirth and cancer treatment 
had a lot a lot to answer for. It took me 18 months to recover, in which time I'd been attending some specialised CBT, cognitive behavioural therapy. I'd commenced anxiety medication and I'd been working really hard at a gym to rebuild specific muscles because I'd identified where the MS had affected the muscles that were helping with my walking. I'd worked out my own exercise plan and found a way to rebuild some, though not all, function. And I can honestly say, with my hand on my heart, this was the hardest battle of my life. I've gone on from here to feel really proud of my achievements. I've built a happy and totally flexible life that works for me when I am able and well enough to work. I'm an expert patient tutor at Oxford University. I host a podcast. I have my own flexible financial vehicle and I lease properties in the north of England. But I've discovered the benefits of doing work once, when I'm well enough and continuing to get paid. It's my mission in life to help at least 2,000 people who are encountering difficulties and barriers to living or working and to encourage them to do the same because disability and challenge doesn't have to mean the end of the road for me and nor should it for you. So that's a little bit of my story. Thanks so much for listening to today's MS show. Please subscribe, rate and review this podcast. And if you'd like to get more involved with the MS show, why not join our Facebook community? Just search Facebook for The MS Show. Come back soon for another dose of MS information and inspiration. You've been listening to The MS Show Podcast.